Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Feel Your Fandom podcast. My name is Saint. I want to thank you guys for coming back for another episode. Uh, we are, as the as of this recording, still under quarantine. So whatever that means for you, hopefully that means you're sitting at home, taking care of yourself, taking care of your family, and and not putting yourself at any undue risk. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity for undue risk out there, and I just really hope that you guys are playing it safe because we all want to come out of this on the other side. Uh, like I always had to remind everybody, you can find us on our Anchor homepage, anchor.fm forward slash fuel your fandom. That'll give you a uh, link to all the different uh, podcast sites that we are available on, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple, to name a few. Uh, also, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash fuel your fandom. And you can also find us, I'm still updating it, I'm still working on it, but uh, fuelyourfandom.net. So, uh, without further ado, today uh, we are going to be talking with someone, uh, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, odds are good, you've seen a thing or two that he has produced. He is one of the leading rock photographers in the area, uh, and primarily he does a lot of his work through KISW, uh, but you can see his work all over Instagram, you can see his work all over everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I want to introduce uh, Mike Savoya. How are you doing today, Mike? Hey, what's up, Saint? Hey, how's it going? Well, it's, you know, another quarantine day. You managing to stay safe and sane over there? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just going through archives and posting some stuff here and there and yard work. Yard work. I've oh, noticed yeah. you've done a lot of yard work. <laughs> Lots of yard work. <laughs> I wanted to uh, specifically mention, and I want to get into this a bit later when we talk about the types of photographs that you take, but I saw some of the ones you posted to Instagram uh, over the last couple of days that you found from your archives. Mm. And in particular, there were a couple of really cool shots of, uh, of uh, Dimebag Daryl, mm -hmm. uh, which is really cool for me i'm a huge pantera fan so uh it's really cool to see these kind of things come back to life if that's makes any sense oh yeah so how long have you been doing the uh the photography gig oh boy i mean off and on since i you know basically got out of high school you know uh, 84 so okay. yeah so uh you know pretty much in the scene you know, going to shows and stuff and just bringing my Kodak camera and sneaking it in and taking pictures and, you know, and, and just shooting over the years. And probably the the early 90s is when I, you know, started using, the, you know, the 35 millimeter and stuff camera and mm -hmm. going to shows and had my own fanzine and stuff, which would get me into the shows and just started shooting. You said you, you created your own fanzine. Uh, was that just something you tossed out to uh, record stores or how did you do that? Yeah, it was uh, basically it was called BTR Music Magazine and it was, uh, the, it was Beneath the Remains, that's what it stood for because I was a huge Sepultura fan okay. uh, with that album. And so <clears throat> I wanted to uh, you know, showcase music that people just didn't hear outside of the U.S., you know, in the U.S. So I just created my own fanzine and did it uh, with a few other uh, people, and it, it did pretty well. I mean, we uh, we did a whole bunch of issues and put them out there in stores and stuff, and I remember Seattle Times actually even did a little write-up on it because of how, you know, kind of a cool thing we were doing with it because like some of the issues we would work with the record companies and give sample tapes mm -hmm. with it. So, and for being free, <laughs> it was pretty cool. That is neat. Yeah, interviews, CD reviews, concert reviews, everything. That's really cool. And you said you were like 19, 20 when you did that? Oh boy, let's see here. No, I was a, I was a little older. It was, uh, it was uh, early 90s, early 90s. Because it was just before all the foundation forums that it was going to uh, down in California. So, well, that's that's that perfectly encapsulates uh, the things that we like to talk about on the podcast. Because, uh, as you know, uh, the podcast is called Fuel Your Fandom. The reason we call it that is because 
we like to have conversations with people that not only about the stuff that we're interested in and the things that we're into, but the things that other people are into and interested in as well. To, because we found that when you talk to other people about the things that they're interested in, they get a lot more passionate, they get a lot more energetic, they get a lot more happy. They release that serotonin talking about the things that they enjoy. And, mm-hmm. and I love I love tapping into that. I love I love reaching into people's heads and then maybe feeding off of that too and getting a little bit out of that for my own personal gratification. So it's really exciting to hear that. Uh, what kind of things, like I always like to throw it out to my guests uh, in the first part of the podcast uh, about what other kind of things maybe that they're passionate about. Uh, what are the kind of things that they're uh, a fan of? What, 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 what do you got that you're a, a huge fan of? Besides music and photography? Mm-hmm. Ooh, boy, yeah, it's a hard one. Um, I know that doesn't leave you a whole lot of time yeah, for anything exactly, else. You know, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't leave me much time. Uh, maybe sports. You know, I, I was, uh, I bowled pretty much all my life. Got my PBA card. I've done, you know, PBA regionals, PBA nationals. Oh, wow. And uh, stuff like that. And I think kind of the last 10 years since I've gotten more into the photography thing, uh, bowling has just gone to the side. And yeah. uh, with this whole stay home thing and no concerts possibly till next year, uh, I'm kind of excited to maybe pick up a bowling ball again and uh, go do a league or something. Or maybe do some tournaments. Who knows? Yeah, I used to do league bowling when I was a teenager, like 15, 16, and I was mm. I was not good. I was not good. <laughs> uh, I still basically my whole principle with bowling was uh, pick up the ball and throw it as hard as I can. I really had no finesse, so. <laughs> yeah, at times you got to do that, though. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but as far as as pin getting it's not always the best strategy so yeah uh you do uh i i wanted to remind uh, you i don't know if you know we've met a few times uh, in person mm-hmm. and one of the few and i tell people this all the time just because i think it's absolutely hilarious is uh the first time that we actually met in person was uh, at jazz bones uh in tacoma and what had happened was i had been trying uh for weeks to get tickets to see Sir Mix-a-Lot and <laughs> nothing came of it. There's no tickets. It sold out almost immediately. And this was the concert the night before the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. And so uh, I remember just still, even up to the day of the, of the show, I was trying to get tickets, trying to scalp tickets, trying to get tickets on Craigslist, all this, that, and the other thing. And I was having no luck. And I, and I just happened to be scrolling randomly on Facebook and I saw that you had posted, hey, I've got an extra ticket. Uh, my plus one can't make it. Your wife couldn't make it that night. And you're like, who wants to be my plus one? And I'm like, oh, shit. Hit record, hit send. And, and, and that's how it happened. And so I ended up you know, meeting you there. And I tell people that, uh, yeah, I was your date to the Sir Mix-a-Lot show. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. That, that was a that, great that, show. Yeah, that, that was a great show. But, yeah, man, that place is packed. Oh, oh yeah, no yeah. assholes to elbows. Oh, completely, completely. That was the um, that was the show too that I I had the little story. Uh, remember when they were doing um, Baby Got Back and they had all the ladies on the stage and they were shaking their thing. Well, mm-hmm. one of them was shaking it so much that it, it took her off the stage <laughs> and she came off the stage and I was changing lenses at the time. And uh, she hit one of my lenses and it dropped and <laughs> I got a little little chip in it. <laughs> no, it actually damaged it? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Oh, and uh, I, I always remember that. <laughs> I always remember seeing that thing jiggling and all of a sudden it flew off the stage and it hit me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't think I saw that part. I don't know where the hell I was at that point, but uh, yeah. I was probably getting a drink. But... Uh, <laughs> No, I, I mean, I, I just really enjoyed that story just because it's so, it's just out of the blue and so random. And But uh, like I said, I've been following you for a lot of years and uh, I've seen a lot of the photography that you do. And in fact, I was having a conversation 
with someone uh, a few days ago. I want to say it was uh, Ray Hayden. I'm not sure if you're mm. oh, yeah. Ray Hayden. Yep. Uh, we, we were talking the other day about just the nature of how much this shutdown has affected everybody because I myself am a musician. We just dropped an, an EP and we were going to go start touring for the EP and start pushing it around. And like literally the week we dropped the EP, quarantine hit. So we haven't been able to even get together since then. Wow. And then uh, we were talking about uh, uh, a couple of the photographers that we knew. We know you and we know uh, uh, Bill Bungard and a couple of the people that are just, uh, it puts such a, a, the brakes to what you do that it was just, it's such a shocking and jarring uh, kind of event that takes you so far out of your element like this. And so uh, we were yeah, talking it, about that because, because yeah, I like to see your, like I say, I like to watch your photos. I like to watch you go on all the monster cruise trips and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And you get to hang out with all these dudes that I idolize and worship and <laughs> it, it's really neat. And so and I know you're probably feeling that loss pretty keenly at this point, but. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. I was talking to my wife with the day going, you know, it, it, it's just weird that I missed two cruises, you know, and all these shows and stuff. And then, uh, you know, the journey tour was supposed to start yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that was supposed to be a whole summer thing. And now it's just everything. It's like the whole world's on pause until, you know, it sounds like till 2021. Yeah. That's what I was the last thing I heard. So, you know, especially for entertainment, concerts, or sports in general, anything with big gatherings. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's going to just be interesting to see where this thing takes you. You know. It's gonna it's gonna be weird to see how things fire back up after this. Mm-hmm. Like, because I know uh, the state of Wisconsin's reopened their uh, uh, everything. The state uh, supreme court ruled the stay at home orders in Wisconsin unconstitutional wow. and struck it down against the government and against the governor's orders. And immediately. Uh, the Bar Association of Wisconsin was posting on Facebook, open your doors immediately, you know. And so that same night, like two, it was like two, three nights ago, the bars were packed, full of people, no masks, no social distancing. And I know that we're all kind of hungry for that kind of get together. I know I am acutely aware of of missing that kind of gathering, but at the same time, it's hard to think that these people are just being so reckless. What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I don't mean to get political or anything with it, but. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it, yeah, something like that. I, man, I don't know. I, I'm the kind of, kind of guy that kind of sits back and just kind of watches, <laughs> watches what's going on, you know, um, you almost have to be at this point. You have to because you don't know all the specifics of what this virus does. And, uh, you know, the few times I've gone out, you know, go to the grocery store or whatever, you know, I've always got my mask on. You know, I always got my hand sanitizer or whatever in the, in the Jeep and stuff. But just going out like you're saying in Wisconsin? Uh, no, no way. Yeah, I saw I saw some of the pictures and it made me itch because yeah. you know, normally I'm not that bad around big crowds. I mean, I'm in a band; you're kind of used to it, you know. But I mean, I work grocery, and so uh-huh. I'm in I'm in the thick of it every single day. Yeah, like like you said, mask on, mm-hmm. and deodorant or uh, not deodorant, but the uh, <laughs> deodorant. That's well, that's a, a plus one. too. <laughs> uh, but but mask on and hand sanitizer in my pocket. I got a bottle of uh, Heritage Distilling put out this. It's it's a liquid hand sanitizer slash solvent. And, and you spray it and it smells god awful. Hmm. But I have a bottle of that in my car. So it's like every time I get done going anywhere, I just all over my arms, all over my, yeah. smear it on my face. I'm like, it smells like shit, but it's like, you know, whatever. It's not, it's important. <laughs> and, so, and I see so many people in the grocery stores not wearing the masks not doing social distancing um, yeah. and then getting upset about it. 
Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's jarring. There was a, a campground, and I want to say it's still in Wisconsin, that uh, forbade anyone to come into their, into their buildings wearing a mask. They said, not only do we forbid it, but if you come into our buildings wearing a mask, we're going to assume you're trying to rob us and we're going to shoot you. What the hell is this world coming to? Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it's 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 mind boggling. Yeah, it's, and yeah, it's just it's, the whole thing is just we just don't know, you know. And and I and I'd rather, you know, I've said said it before, is like I'd rather be part of the solution than the problem. Yeah, err on the side of caution, obviously. Yeah, and I have no problem going out with my mask or whatever, you know until they figure this whole thing out. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult. It really is because, again, we can't exactly tell people that they have to act a certain way because that's oppression and yep. things like that. But at the same time, I get it. I'm on both yeah. sides of the camp, believe it or not. I mean, I'm in the one side of the camp because technically I'm high risk. Uh, I am high risk mm. because of, I'm diabetic. Ah. Uh. Yeah. So I'm very cautious because of that. I'm the only one in my house that goes out on a kind of regular basis. Everyone else stays home. Mm -hmm. uh, so I could be the playground, yeah. you know? And so I take that shit very seriously, which uh, I, on the other hand of the thing though, I'm, I'm a very social person being in front of people, doing my music, hanging out with people and, and just being out is kind of, a natural thing for me and I get people wanting that and I get their desire to do that but there's just there needs to be some kind of prevention or or, uh, or caution taking place or otherwise it's just going to get it's going to get awful yeah and who knows you know like I saw something yesterday they said uh, it could have been in Washington state like December of last year or mm -hmm. something like that you know and I'm thinking it's like well how long has this really been going on you know, I I was at Nam. <laughs> I was on it, a cruise. <laughs> you swim you know, in a stuff. sea of people. Yeah, I, I've been in a sea of people and stuff. More than most. And it's like, who has it? Who doesn't? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of terrifying. But at the same time, I mean... I kind of get to the point where I'm I kind of resent about the whole thing. It's going to be what it's going to be. People are either going to take precautions or they're not. I can only control my little, my little bubble, my little world. Mm -hmm. If people like in Wisconsin want to go out and crowd out the bars and do that, they can be the canaries in the coal mine. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Thinning the herd. <laughs> well, I mean, not to sound too, uh, angry and aggravated about it but yeah maybe it'll kind of weed out some of the stupid you know yep. it's hard to say it's hard to say hard to say well we're going to take a real quick break when we come back we're going to talk more with mike savoya if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one convenient place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, welcome back. Uh, we are here again with Mike Savoya. Now, Mike, uh, how long have you been working for KISW, working with KISW? Uh, it started in like 2007. Okay. 2007 was the Rush Show. Oh, nice. That's a hell yeah. of a show to start with. Yeah, it ended, it, how that all ended, came about was, um, I worked um, along with Atlantic Records for a bunch of years because I worked with the band Sugar Ray. I remember. One of the, and one of the guys uh, that was working there sent me a message and said, hey, Rush is playing White River. You know, you any interest in going out and 
want to shoot the show? And I was like, sure, you know? So before the show, that was the first time I ever bought a digital camera or like a oh. real digital camera. Okay. So I went to the rush show, shot the show, and it was absolutely mind blowing for me shooting film for so many years and then going to digital and, you know, shooting the show and getting these pictures and, and afterwards I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do with these things? You know, there's so many cool shots, you know, I wanted to get them out and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I contacted KSW. I just had the idea. It's like they needed, they needed some live photos. So I contacted them and, they were like, yeah, sure, send it to us and we'll post it up. And that's just how that whole thing started. And then just kind of blew up and they started, you know, covering their events. Because I think Pain in the Grass was that same year, I think, 2007 or 2008, when they took it over. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and so then it just started from there. And so basically I've been kind of like a vendor for them for all these years and have my own little blog section on there on ksw.com and, and and lots of photo galleries lots of photo galleries and that's how i came that's how you came to my attention is because you know anyone who's been a fan of ksw which is of course the rock station here in the pacific northwest uh, for those of you listening outside of the pacific northwest um that's the local rock station and of course uh like any good rock station they've got pictures of bands pictures of artists uh splattered all over their web page and so I kept seeing a recurring thread and I would look through the pictures and say oh Iron Mike Iron Mike and it's like oh okay so it's the same guy and that's how I found you on Facebook I'm like oh well shit I'm gonna just go to the source and and catch all the photos <laughs> and, and I and I do which I really kind of think is really neat because I mean you get up in there you're, you're just behind the stage in front of the stage to the left of the stage to the right of the stage in the crowd you know, it's, yeah, that, that's the cool thing, too, is, you know, been doing it for so many years, getting to know a lot of these artists personally. Mm -hmm. They play events, whatever. I just get that little extra access on stage, off stage, whatever. Nice. To show the people. You know, that, that, was, that was my whole main thing when I started this was to give, uh, give a view to fans, which myself is the biggest fan in the world. I wanted to give what I wanted to see what mm -hmm. I, and what I didn't see. <laughs> so, you know, I just, when I go to a show and shoot it, just pretty much document, document what most people don't see. And that's really, really neat. And again, that hits to the, to the heart of being a fanatic of being a fan, being someone who's passionate enough about, the music that you want to bring it and spread it to other people. And that's kind of, mm -hmm. that's exactly what I want to do this. Now, of course, I don't have very much in the way of access. I'm still working on that. Uh, <laughs> I got to grease the right wheels as it were, but uh, I send out about, I want to say probably about a dozen to two dozen uh, inquiries a week, trying to find people to come on the podcast, talk with us. It's especially different now, now that we're all in a, the zoom kind of format like this, instead of having to meet face to face, mm -hmm. it's been really neat. I've got an interview coming up. Uh, that's going to be posted up in the next week or so with a, with a cat named Mark Ronner out of uh, LA. And he used to work with the Seattle times. He used to work for the stranger. He was a journalist with them, but he writes comic books and he does uh, twilight zone comic books, which are particularly cool. Uh, if you've ever been into the twilight zone, I mean, I kind of have been, and it was really neat to talk to him. And so I'm starting to get inroads with people in my specific fandoms. And so nice, really neat. And uh, you, you said, now tell me a little bit about this. You, you said you worked with Sugar Ray. Mm -hmm. And how long have you, how long did you do that? Um, you, you were president of their fan club, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh, yeah, that, that, the whole thing started with that was I was writing here in Seattle for the Rocket. Mm -hmm. And uh, our editor threw in the first Sugar Ray CD. I got the CD. I listened to it. I was completely blown away with the energy and the rock and roll metal style they had. And that same week, they were playing the Rock Candy in Seattle. Mm -hmm. So uh, had my editor set me up, went to the show, shot pictures, 
as they were walking off the stage, I flagged them down and they said, hey, you guys, I know you don't have very many pictures out there. I took pictures of the show if you guys want any. And they were totally stoked, grabbed me backstage and we exchanged phone numbers. And that was one of the better things I ever did in my life because then it just blew up where I started running my own fan site for the band. And then Atlantic Records called me and wanted me to run SugarRate.com because my website was bigger than theirs, <laughs> more popular <laughs> with more content. Nice. And uh, yeah, and it was perfect timing because then the next year, they, you know, they blew up with Fly and next thing they were, you know, rock stars of the 90s and stuff. And so uh, I got to ride the wave with them. That's really cool. Walking. Yeah. And so every day I, you know, come to my desk, I'm reminded by my platinum awards right there on the wall. That's really Sugar cool. Ray. So it's, yeah. I was going to make a joke about, uh, what was it? Every morning. Wasn't that the name of their song? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause you said you come every day, you come into your office. I was going to say, so every morning. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Every morning. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got into Sugar Ray back when uh, when Fly came out. I was like at like ninety percent of the other people. That's what brought them to my attention. And, yeah. And so I, I remember uh, scrolling down Facebook at one point and seeing you mention that and seeing some of the uh, I don't know if it was a picture you posted of the platinum album or it was some kind mm-hmm. of there was a book at one point too, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you, you've been a, you've been a part of several different photographic books, haven't you? Um, yeah, we did. I did some stuff. Uh, there was a Soundgarden one a couple years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Behemoth. Uh, do a lot of stuff with those guys. Wasn't there and, a Pearl Jam one as well? Mm, nope. Oh, nope. maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking of the Soundgarden one. Yeah, it's probably the Soundgarden one. Okay. But, yeah. So now with all this downtime, I'm going through all my stuff that I've been involved, you know, involved with and scanning stuff and we'll be putting it up on uh, my website that's awesome and, and for those of us that are not already fan to your website what's your website um pretty much on facebook it's savoya photography live my regular non-music stuff is savoya photography mm-hmm. and uh, those are the you know two main ones and on instagram also so say, i saw some pictures on your uh, instagram with the Flowers and bees and nature yeah. and you really yeah, run the gamut. Music. I love sh- I love shooting everything. I love uh, I love shooting everything, especially uh, nature mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And with this stay home order, I pretty much is locked you know locked down in my yard. So I've uh, <laughs> gone out and tried to find whatever I can find to shoot daily. <laughs> Shit, I might if if your rates aren't too bad, I might have to hire you for a project. I got some ideas. <laughs> me nice. and a bud, me and a buddy of mine are trying to put together a cookbook, mm. and uh, so we would need uh, some awesome shots of food. Have you ever shot food before? Oh yeah, food. Oh yeah. I mean, other than like the Instagram influencer shooting their food before they eat it because uh, they want to look like they're fancy. That's the kind <laughs> of food. That's that's the kind of shooting I do right now. So, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're wanting to put together a cookbook, so that could be kind of fun. Oh, nice. But uh, maybe get some pointers from you. But uh, what you've shot hundreds of bands, thousands of bands maybe, uh, over the course of, like you said, about 13 years that you've been doing it or more? About 30. Okay, 30. I, was, I was just thinking with specifically yeah. with KISW. Oh, but yeah, okay. with KISW, yeah, thir- yeah, 13 years through that, but I have. 30 Half. years, yeah. God damn, that's a long time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who would you say uh, is the most uh, fun to shoot energy-wise or crowd work-wise? or Who just who plays to your lens the most, the best? If you had to pick, let's say a top three. Top three. It's hard to say because there's so many bands that go through my head. Uh, and I'm like more, I love theatrical. So, if, mm-hmm. you know, what's the band theatrical? So, obviously, Kiss. Uh, you know, there's a band in Europe called Skindred. And 
is a few times I've got to shoot them. They, I just love shooting those guys. I mean, it's, it's fun. I've not heard uh, of them. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah, check them out. Uh, Behemoth, obviously, one of my favorite bands to shoot. Uh, Hailstorm, love those oh, guys. I love Lizzie. Yeah, love them. Uh, I Alice in Chains. Uh, the list just goes on and on. You know, I I just love shooting. It doesn't matter what what the, who the band is or whatever. It's just music. It's the crowd. It's the energy. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, is but but Kiss though, you know that's that's my number one. See, I've no. never I've never seen Kiss live. Hell, I may still have a chance. You never know; it could be one of their hundred uh, goodbye tours, farewell tours. Oh yeah, they, they're supposed to be they're supposed to be back here. Yeah. Of course they are. Yeah. See, I've now I them. I was hoping Slayer would do the same thing and come back around again, but because I missed them the last time they came through. Oh, you did? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It sounds like they're not going to be. For sure, not doing it anymore. No, well, well, Kiss I've never seen. Now I know they are, like you say, extremely theatrical, extremely pyrotechnic and costume, and and just the razzle dazzle of, of old school rock and roll, yep. which is something that I think is sorely missing in a lot of shows these days. Mm-hmm. Um, the only show that I've been to recent memory that would even come close to that would be something like uh, like Rammstein. Yeah, uh, Rammstein, Slipknot. I mean, Slipknot always just, puts on a hell of a show. Completely over the top stuff. Mm-hmm. Great for photographers. What's that? Oh, they yeah. they give, Yeah, great for photographers. They give you plenty of eye candy, things to look at. Yeah. For me, for me, I have ADD, so I figure it'd be like, oh, my God, over here. Oh, my God, over here. No, over here. <laughs> it's a good thing for digital, I think. Now you mentioned that uh, you had switched to, uh, from film to digital. Now, what what was the uh, what would you say were the main uh, benefits and drawbacks for from film to digital? Like, what's the benefit of digital other than you know having the ability? One hundred and ten percent is you can see what you shoot as soon as you see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as you shoot it, right? You right. Can check your settings, do what you have to do, and then shoot. And you get the satisfaction of seeing that shot as soon as you take it. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day, well, you know, with film, it's pretty much you shoot it and you're like, okay, maybe that was good. There, but what's it going to look like? And then you'd have to send it out and wait a couple days and then get it back and then open up the envelope and hope to know, God it came yeah. out. And- yep. No, that makes sense. And and so, was there any drawback to switching to digital? Drawback to digital. Because I know not there's a really, lot of you know, I know a lot of I, film purists who would say that if you're not shooting on 35 millimeter, you're not shooting. But and maybe that's just uh, that, over romanticization. Yeah, and uh, you're 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 capturing uh, a second of time. It doesn't matter if it's digital or film. Uh, the one thing, though, the difference between film and digital is obviously the look of film. Digital has its view, and you know you have your presets and stuff where you're trying to get that film look. Mm-hmm. But so far, everything that I've done is gotten close to it. But there's nothing like holding that photo in your hand and seeing the richness of uh, film on paper. And nowadays, digital so prevalent, uh, that art form is pretty much gone to the wayside. Yeah. Especially with the new generation. They have, they have absolutely no clue. <laughs> See, but then you start talking like that, you just sound like you're, oh, back in my day. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> we shot on a fully disposable <laughs> method of... See, the thing with me is is I always kind of... When, you, when you're at a concert, and I've, I'm guilty of this of myself, uh, I've got my camera phone out and I'm taking pictures and taking video and everything. And, and, and I've read some people railing against that because uh, you're not in the moment. You're not watching the show. You're watching the show through a lens on a phone, which is how often are you going to look at these pictures? You know what I mean? Whereas you're missing the yeah. experience. 
And so that's where I feel like people like you uh, come in really, really handy because then you get the ability to see uh, close-up photos and, and, and more involved things of the concert you were at and that you were able to enjoy without uh, distraction, I guess. Yeah. And we live in a very distraction-driven world right now, or we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I imagine we still will, but... So I figure that's that's kind of one of where I think that uh, photographers kind of come into play is because they're able to capture those moments for you and yep. to be there for you. So, but in 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 my world too, it's getting a little harder too with a lot of bands too. With they're coming out with all these like contracts and stuff that you have to sign, or you know you can refuse it, mm-hmm. and. You know, we get three songs and then we're out unless you have access and you know the band, you can choose the whole show. But right. most of the time, three songs, you're out. And then you have all, you know, everybody in the crowd with cameras or phones that are becoming <laughs> amazing quality. Mm-hmm. And they can sit there the whole show and shoot as much as they want. And that's kind of a sore spot with a lot of uh, live photographers where we, you know, we just get the first three and then we're out and, you know, people in the crowd with all their cameras and cell phones. Cause a lot of times they allow these little pocket cameras and some of these pocket cameras are amazing. Some of the quality you get. And, uh, you know, there's been shows where I've actually thought, you know what, maybe I should just go in the crowd and, with my pocket camera <laughs> and then i can shoot the whole show yeah well there's there's like i said there's a plus and a negative to that because you do have the people in the crowd shooting the whole show but they're not going to get the same kind of fidelity you're going to get even with a yeah. high-tech camera phone they're not going to get the same kind of composed shots that you're able to get and and i feel like again like i said it suffers because of that it's going to be something that you Maybe you flip through your camera roll at one point or another and get a little nostalgic or you post it on your Facebook and you see it every year when it pops up. But other than that, what are these people doing with these photos? It's not like they're printing them out and hanging them up on the wall. Yeah. Or, I mean, oh, you get you, maybe 1% of their photos are even good. Yeah. Yeah. Judging by the print fact that I've done it myself. Yeah. Go on YouTube and see some of these videos people post and you're like, what? Like, why do you even waste the time? Even not only waste, not only wasting the time, but you're wasting your opportunity to see. Like, I did the same thing. Okay, the last time I really recall doing this was at the White River Amphitheater. I went and saw Corn, mm-hmm. and and I was so stoked to see Corn, of course. And and uh, so I'm on the rail and I'm shooting down across the mosh pit. And I got a couple of decent shots and I got, I think I recorded like a whole song on video that I captured and, but then I go back and I look at it afterwards and the shots were okay. And the video was grainy and kind of terrible and covered with people yelling and screaming. And (laughs) so it's not something that I go back and look at anymore. And so that's what really kind of separated me from that kind of mentality is it's, I'm taking myself out of the moment. I'm taking myself out of being there. I should just focus on being more present, being more enjoying the music, enjoying the atmosphere, enjoying the crowd, and let people like you capture the moment for posterity. And so, I don't know. I got, I got to a real zen point about it. I don't really get much into photoing bands anymore. I, kinda, I just live through your guys' photos. So That's cool. That's, that's good to hear. Uh, if you um, you said you get the first three songs, typically speaking, or a set series of songs, mm-hmm. uh, do they stagger that, or do they let the they just all send everyone out for the same three songs? Yeah, it depends on the band and stuff, uh, but pretty much it's the first three songs. Just the first three. Yeah, first three songs. Uh, if there's a huge band, they might have like two sections where you get the first two songs and the next group comes in for the next two songs and then you're out kind of thing. Yeah. But most of the time it's first three. Okay. Well, we're going to take one more quick break and then we will come back and uh, we'll talk one more time with uh, Mike Savoya.
Voting isn't just going to the polls on election day. Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes are available to more voters and are growing in popularity. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Democracy works best when we all vote, but misinformation and confusion about election procedures have resulted in low voter turnout. How to Vote is easy to use and helps folks from all over the country overcome many of the process barriers to voting. Democracy Works is committed to helping you vote no matter what. You can sign up for election reminders, see what's on your ballot, get step-by-step -step assistance requesting your mailing ballot, explore your options for returning your voted mail ballot, check your voter registration status, find your polling site, and make sure you have the appropriate ID. Decide when and where you'll vote this year at howto.vote. All right, we're back with Mike. Now, Mike, uh, we had talked about your favorite bands to shoot, and we've talked about these contracts that you have to sign that say you can only shoot three songs at the beginning or whatever it ends up being. Um, a lot of photographers that I've talked to that I know have their favorite bands to shoot. A lot of what they don't talk about is the bands that they don't like to shoot or that they've had problems dealing with. And I've got a couple that I've uh, just in personal memory from people that I've known and I've talked to that have had issues with uh, shooting these shows. But did you have any particular shows that uh, you're not so keen on shooting or, or, or artists that you really don't want to, uh, to mess with or? Hmm, no, I mean, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I've said. I don't like shooting them just because of who, you know, who, who they are or their show or something. I mean, right. there's obviously bands that are boring to shoot <laughs> and you wouldn't want to shoot them more just than one. It's not energetic. Yeah. You yeah. Not energetic from it, but, um, not, not, not many, uh, the, we've had, I've had some fun times with like Marilyn Manson mm -hmm. and his, uh, antics on stage and stuff. But uh, he was the one was I was funny. thinking of specifically is because oh, really? <laughs> there were a few years ago uh, where, where my buddy Bill uh, went down to shoot and he was mm -hmm. in the, the photographer pit up front of the stage. And I think I was at this show. This was the one I think he played with uh, with corn. And uh, I specifically remember a photo that Bill posted and he had a, a blood coming down his nose and and. I guess what had happened is, is he, Marilyn Manson had gotten pissed off for some reason and out of the blue just hucked a mic stand into the photo pit. And, oh, really? Yeah, and, and if I'm wrong about who that was, I apologize, but my memory is telling me that it was uh, Marilyn Manson throwing a mic stand into the pit. And, yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was I, I don't remember. I know my friend uh, Jen she got hit in the head once in the pit at white river. And that might've been what you're talking about, I think, but I just, I don't remember the whole story. So I don't want to. Yeah. Sorry. I just, know. I just wonder because I mean, what you guys are doing, your, your hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment or thousands of dollars of equipment either way. And you're putting yourself in this position where you're in this swirling, writhing mass of humanity. And at any moment, you could catch an elbow, you could catch a fist, you could catch someone who's crowd surfing. And oh yeah, <laughs> I watched some guy crowd surf until he wasn't. Basically, it was at the Rammstein show, and he was crowd surfing mm -hmm. just fine. And then I don't know what happened, but underneath him, they just stopped, and he just floating on a sea, floating on a sea, hit yeah. the ground, and and. I can't imagine like you guys are right there in the middle of all of that. Yeah. And, and the, the big thing is security. There are backs and they're, they are amazing. You know, cause a lot of times we'll be shooting and totally into what we're looking at and <laughs> we'll get a tap on the shoulder, you know, to let us know somebody's coming over the barricade and 
can't appreciate those guys more for what they do in the pit yeah. for photographers. What is the uh, the blue beard? I've noticed you've had a blue beard for roughly five, <laughs> is it five or six years or something like that. Yeah, I, I started it when I started doing the music cruises. Okay. Yeah. There is was it just this, so you get noticed or recognized? Or? No, it was just, it was kind of a kind of a joke, kind of on one of the first cruises I did in uh, Nassau, Bahamas, uh, we got off there and there was this lady that braids hair and mm. she was like, oh, let me braid your hair and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's okay. She goes, well, why don't we color it or something? And I was like, color it? And she's like, oh, yeah, you, you got to do like some cool color. And so she was mentioning blue, you know, like the Bahama blue. <laughs> and so I said, okay, I promise you, I'm going to go home and we're going to figure this out. You know, maybe I'll do something. So the next time you see me, I may look different. And so came back home, went to my wife's hairstylist. She dyed it blue. And it's been that since. So that's seven years now, six, six years. It's, it's a very strong identifier. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Now it's like, you know, it, it, Bluebeard. So it's, it's become kind of your personality. Yeah, and it's fun. It's fun to just walking around. Me and my wife will be walking around and the kids would love it. You know, they're always like taking them, you know, pulling on their parents' <laughs> shirt, like, mom, you know, you've got a blue beard and stuff. And See, we fun. always. With my last band, what we did was we tried, we did costumes and we tried to do a little bit more theatrical nature of things. And uh, I, what I did at one point is I attached my microphone uh, to a machete. And so every <laughs> show, every show I did, my microphone had a machete coming off the bottom of it. And so uh, after a while uh, doing, I'm, and we play shows from uh, Seattle to Bremerton, Tacoma, Olympia, that whole, the whole I-5 corridor. And after a while, it was one of those things where I was out shopping. And uh, this was like two, three days after a show. I was out shopping somewhere. I think it was like a value village or something. And uh, some girl came up to me and she goes, you're the machete guy. I'm wow. Like, Excuse me? She's like, no, you have a machete. It's a, you're in a band. You have a machete on your microphone. I'm like, oh, shit. So now it's like, now I've got an identifier too. And it's like, I've always kind of really enjoyed having something that people can kind of instantly visually identify with. And so uh, that's whenever I think of you, I think of the blue beard. Uh, I think of it kind of like in the same kind of vein as like, you know, Dimebag did a lot of, uh, of dying of his facial hair. And yep. so I, I kind of see it right in that same kind of, that visual punch, that pull that, you know, people are going to be like, that there's no mistaking that that is that is fucking mike i know that's mike you know yeah and it's helped it's it's helped over the years you know with with musicians you know when you're just starting to meet these guys and they remember you by your your beard yeah, gut. yeah maybe they don't remember a name but they're like I yeah they remember that a name but they that remember guy. That. yeah that's blueberry you know, he's keeps cool me, keeps me in line too doesn't you know i stay out of trouble because it's not too many <laughs> year old bluebeards hanging around your alibi would slip real quick oh yeah yeah <laughs> no getting away with that <laughs> so now you, you like you say you, you everything's been kind of pushed off for the foreseeable future uh through the t 2021 at least is what they're saying uh, uh what are your hopes for the future what is it you, i was going to ask you normally here's where i would ask someone Oh, what do you got on the horizon? Do you got anything mm -hmm. we can look forward to? And yeah, yeah, there's uh, pretty much month to month now where you're, you know, figuring you're just basically watching the news, trying to figure out if they're going to come up with a solve, you know, solve this thing. Some kind of workaround. I yeah, last thing I heard around. was like drive-in concerts. Yeah, and that that would be kind of. That'd be kind of rad, actually. I, I, that'd be kind of a goal of mine to be like on stage taking a picture of, of <laughs> instead of people, you see know, cars, SUVs, and Camaros and everything else out in the crowd. That'd, that'd, that'd be the weirdest 
weirdest thing. And I saw some in uh, England, I think it was. They had some of those drive-in shows. And I saw oh, they've some already pictures. started that? Yeah, they already started it. And I saw some pictures. Some photographer took some pictures from the stage. And, you know, there's just cars out there. And I think the cars are probably six feet apart, too. So <laughs> I, it's just a, it's such an odd thing. But the, but the fact of the matter is, is um, necessity finds a way. We're going to always try to find ways to innovate through necessity. So, I mean, maybe while we can't be at a concert and have to remain six feet apart, uh, we'll find new various ways to do things. Like I've heard, I've seen a lot of people doing a lot of things with uh, uh, virtual reality concerts. Mm -hmm. Have you seen anything like that? Oh yeah. My, uh, my monsters of rock cruise. If you go to their Facebook page, uh, they're going to be holding some shows coming up with, you know, a bunch of the artists that we have on the cruises. And I think, uh, yeah, next week, uh, yeah, you just have to go to the Monsters of Rock Cruise Facebook page and they have all the, the listings of the bands that are going to be playing. But I know they're going to like the Bullet Boys going to be playing nice. and stuff. So it's always I fun. I haven't heard the Bullet Boys in years. Yeah, well, you're going to have to check them out. The original band's back together. So Nice. I saw... And, and I don't know how you feel about uh, Post Malone, but Post Malone did this show uh, from his house. He streamed an entire show from his house. It was an hour and 15 minutes. And what he did was him and Travis Barker from Blink-182 and a couple other guys did an hour set of Nirvana tunes. And uh, I went into it because I'm not a huge Post Malone fan. I mean, I think he's an amazing person. Mm -hmm. uh, I was, from what I've seen of him on late night TV and, and on YouTube, I think he's an amazing person, but his type of music is not really for me. Um, mm -hmm. But I was, in, I went into it. Kind of, I'm a huge Nirvana fan. I thought it'd be kind of fun. And uh, I expected the auto tune and everything else. And yeah, he jumped into that. He, they put so much effing hard into that song. So songs and uh, no auto tune, just a hundred percent straight above board musicianship. And, uh, at one point or another during the course of the show, Chris Novoselic was listening in, uh, Courtney Love was listening in, and, and they had to, to wrangle him, but Dave uh, Grohl came in at one point, and I guess Dave and Chris were both just blown away by the fact that this guy has such a reverence for their music, and, and you could tell, and, and he talked about it at one point that uh, he was such a huge fan of Nirvana, and that one of the tattoos on his face is is actually lyrics from a uh, one of the songs and <laughs> and so you could hear the love and, and the appreciation in his voice and what that got me thinking is and they were doing a donation thing the entire time where the money was being donated to the world health organization oh cool and so because i'm starting to see that as possibly a viable avenue now it's not going to ever replace a live in-person concert feeling you're not going to get the no. writhing mass of humanity the smell the feeling the no ringing ears but uh yeah, yeah you can't you can't you can't uh, get that experience on the internet you could watch a million concert videos but until you're actually at a concert you're, you can't replace that right. you know and like the funny thing you said uh the other day i saw a ufc fight and there was nobody in the audience <laughs> it was just the guys fighting and mm -hmm. I told my wife, I said, I do not like that. And the reason was, is there was no noise. So when they punched oh, yeah. each other, it sounded brutal. I mean, it was. You just was hear the meat smacking. Some, yeah, some smacks going on that I would, like, no, no <laughs> thank. No. I never even thought of that. Yeah, so maybe go check out a video because it is bizarre. And Nobody WWE is doing that too. Uh, from what I understand, the WWE is now playing to uh, empty show arenas and doing it all for the cameras, which uh, I, suffice it to say they've been doing it for the cameras for years, but operating without an audience, <laughs> I would have to say would be just eerie because they do a lot of posing down and just yeah. kind of, you know, and feeding off of the energy of the crowd. But when that's not there, what does that do? I'm, I'm curious. I'll have to uh, check that out because I, I haven't seen the WWE because 
the the UFC thing was bizarre to me. It was a and they've even started talking about doing professional sports that way too. NBA games in an empty arena, uh, NFL games in an empty arena. It's like I, I I don't want this to be the wave of the future because these are all shared events. These are all yeah. uh, events where we're, we're meant to engage with our fellow humans, but yeah. necessity again being the mother of invention. What are we going to have to tolerate while? we tame this horrible little bug. So Yeah, it might be a year. It might be a year and a half. Who knows? But we'll be good. He'll be back. I'm our, hoping. You know, our scientists and everything else around the world, I mean they're gonna they're gonna figure something out. Yeah. And again, this isn't political. It it doesn't no. matter what side of the political arena you fall on. Uh it's basically just a ma- a waiting game. We have to wait and see what is going to be best for taking care of this? And hopefully, we I mean, I know we're headed right down towards the same path we were in in 1918 with the, with the, the last time we had a virus mm-hmm. like this. And, and yeah, uh, we just, we just can't do, go, go too fast because if we have another second wave, like they're calling for the winter, can you imagine? It's, it's going to be bad. Top of the flu. I mean, it's, yeah. It's going to be bad. Horrible. And uh, I think that we're going to end up probably in another quarantine issue and things yeah. like that. So, I mean, it's good. Let's, I'm trying to think of this as kind of like the practice quarantine. We're kind of understanding now what it is and what we have to do. Mm-hmm. And hopefully without too much more devastation, we'll be able to clue everyone else in to kind of take part and participate. And it's only the minority that's not. Uh, yeah. In fact, like I said, I work in groceries, so I've seen both sides of it. But by and large, people are attempting to be good. People are attempting to uh, kick this in the butt, do what they need to do to to get rid of this virus. So yeah, uh, hopefully we won't see anything like we saw 100 years ago. But yeah, it's we, hard to we say. Will. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think we will just because of the advancement of medicine and everything else compared to back then but yeah it is scary and if you look at the last you know 15 years there has been some kind of weird virus every four or five years something like that swine flu yeah now this one was like three years so it's like hopefully this isn't some kind of a new trend (laughs) Yeah. That we're going to be just getting out of this and something else is going to happen. Murder hornets, monkeys with guns, you know. Oh, yeah, whatever. whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I really want to thank you, Mike, for coming on and talking uh, with us. Uh, I, I've been, like I said, I've been a fan of your photography for a great number of years and I follow you very avidly. Uh, once again, if you want to look for Mike's photography, you can find him on Facebook. It was, uh, what was the, the channels again? It's Savoy Photography Live. Mm-hmm. And that's both on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. And so I highly recommend you all check him out if you haven't seen his work or if you've seen his work and want to see more of it. Uh, those are awesome places. Like I said, he's been digging through the archives. He found some really cool shots. Oh, I think. boy. You wait till you see some of this stuff, man. I, 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 here, we're on video, so I can at least show you this. <laughs> here's Here's... Some negative, more negative, negative, negative. Oh my god! And those are the ones you're just going to be going through now? Yeah, these are the ones I'm going through. And uh, let's see here, boy, we got here's the Ramones. Oh my god! Gorge. Yeah. So I, <laughs> you talked about some. some yeah, you talked about some, some cool AIC stuff. shots. You t- you took some. Uh, oh, there's yeah. some Pantera <laughs> shots you put up, and yeah, give uh, me some cool stuff. Cool stuff, maybe even before people were born that are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. My audience does tend to skew rather young, which I don't understand how that happened. But uh, uh, Well, that's good. <laughs> well, from the bottom of my heart, Mike, I want to say thank you for coming on and talking with me today. Yeah, thank uh, I'm, you. I'm glad you're being safe. I'm glad you're uh, hunkered down and, and just taking this seriously. And uh, for all of you listening, I want to thank you again for jumping into another episode with us. Uh, keep your family safe. Uh, keep your friends safe. Keep distance, but 
keep in touch. And like I always try to remind everybody, uh, everything is fandom and fandom is everything. That's right. Take care.